When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Michael Jackson's Thriller Album, Stories in the Room. Join film composer Anthony Marinelli, who programmed synthesizers for seven songs on Thriller, and A&R veteran film producer Stephen Ray, who assisted Quincy Jones and was in the studio every day with Quincy and Michael. I'm Anthony Marinelli with my longtime close friend and co-host, Stephen Ray, bringing you the real stories directly from the talented people in the room with us during the making of Thriller, the greatest selling album of all time. This Grammy-nominated musician is a rare multi-instrumentalist performing on sax, flutes, clarinets, and keyboards, all at the highest level. He shares responsibility for the signature horn sound that's all over Michael's off-the-wall Thriller and Bad album. We're fortunate to be here to share stories with the gifted Larry Williams. In this segment, Larry tells us about how the Sea Wind Horn section worked with Quincy Jones on I Heard That and The Wiz his first job playing keyboards, being inspired by Michael Brecker, and learning from Quincy how to get the best out of each musician. So, yes, um, I was talking about how Quincy, uh, Quincy only knew me as a as a saxophone player, um, a woodwind player. He knew from the one record or what he, you know, I guess Harvey, well, people started talking around town. Hey, you got to hear this horn section, this rhythm section, Sea Wind. Um, and somebody told Quincy, I'm sure Harvey, because Harvey was Quincy's drummer at that time too. Uh, and we, we'd kind of become the talk of the town. This original band is here or from Hawaii, you know, that how is, you know, which was, we, we had assembled in Hawaii. And, uh, uh, so we we get to call us a horn section. Go in. It's Jerry and I and Kim and Bruce Fowler. We do that session on. I heard that. Uh, then the Wiz. We did that, and I'm pretty sure Bill was on that. I'd have to check. There might not even be trombone on that, which amazed me. I think Jerry just told me that recently. Recently, ease on down the road is Chuck Finley and Jerry Hayes. Two slide trumpets. Ease on down. Ease on down. Slide trumpet, which is a very unusual thing. Quincy yeah. got a huge kick out of right. two slide trumpets. Me, me and Kim, I believe. So uh, then, pretty soon after that was the Brothers Johnson Blam record. So we do yeah. the horns. Quincy calls Jerry and says, "Look at George. I can't get George Duke. George Duke was Quincy's guy." for synthesizers oh, yeah. and a lot of road stuff, obviously this is 79, 80. I'm pretty, pretty, I know I'm in the ballpark there. No, you are. You're right. That's the right year. Yep. I think I got the chronology right. So what he says, who should I get on keyboards? I need, I can't get George Duke on, you know, I'm like George's top of the heap. George is 
one of my huge idols. I got to work with. He produced Sea Wind later on. I mean, mind blowing to me to this day. I was listening to George in Hawaii going, the aura will prevail. Well, how yes. the hell is he doing that? <clears throat> and Jerry says, well, Quincy, you should call Larry. He went, he plays keyboards? <laughs> he plays keyboards like that? And he went, give him a try. And then, you know, to this day, Jerry and Quincy are, I mean, they're, they're as close. They're very close. They talk yes. a lot. You know, I, I feel like I'm, I don't have that exact same personal relationship with Quincy. Of course I have a personal, I called him not long ago about, about something and actually had an ask, but I've, I've seen, I played at his 85th birthday party, right. you know, the broadcast thing. I, Jerry was the guy that was doing the, all the arrangements. He's the note guy for Quincy for rhythm sections and for horns. A lot of it. I mean, Greg, has done a lot too but of course he and jerry being former trumpet players they're they're just like you know they're real brothers on a different level yeah. and so jerry's word carries a lot of weight and i to this day of course i'm thankful to jerry but so i get the call and i go okay you know jerry thinks i can do i, I you know I, I didn't lack for confidence but like all young guys i mean i'm 29 at the time haven't been in town four years, four and a half years or something. And then, then a few sessions, but maybe not at that level. I don't believe not on, certainly not on synthesizer, which was what that was. It was a the brothers Johnson. And it turned out there was a shitload of synthesis of synth on that, that I played features. So I see why I wanted George. I mean, there's some long solos on there that are one or two take stuff that Quincy, I think I walk in and, and uh, you know, I got a mini Moog. I got a Prophet 5, I believe. Pretty sure. Uh, not sure what else I had. I didn't have any huge rack of stuff at, yet, but I was building my arsenal of stuff. Um, I'm thinking Quincy's going to show me. See, I've been in the horn section and Jerry's arranging and Quincy's like going, what about this voicing? And we're working it out that way. And that was my only experience with Quincy, which was vast, you know, and I'd played maybe a solo or two for Quincy here and there on, on sax. I'm thinking he's going to tell me the whole secret of recording and how to, what to play. You know, it's, this is just going to be Quincy says, okay, what do you hear? You know, and he plays the track a few times and it's midnight soul patrol. You know, I remember that that one mm -hmm. actually let me start with mr mr cool which i guess george had written george and i'm probably quincy had publishing too but so he says what do you hear and i go you know what i think i can play a little kind of a little, little clav like part clavinet like part except with uh i was using a filter pedal in those days to get the filter the wet resonance deal not like a wah-wah exactly but you anthony knows exactly what i'm talking about yeah. you get sort of a synth clav thing so i play this part that fits in with what george and lewis are doing it's not a complicated tune but you know and i'm i'm just playing in the groove and locking in and i get it 
you know, after a couple of times, got up pretty good. And uh, once you said, man, that's great. That just glued that thing together. And so I, the revelation was he wasn't giving me any notes to play. He wasn't micromanaging anything. He let, wanted me to play whatever I felt and heard. He wanted to get the best out of me. And to say, to have Quincy Jones say, that sounds fucking great. And put glues this tune together. I mean, it doesn't get any better, right? I mean, this is like a guy I we had idolized. Most musicians have come up, listen to all the great records he's done. And he's this legendary guy walking in and he's just, <laughs> just this guy that's, I mean, what do you, it's just hard to even put it in words, but I just did of what, what that does to a young musician is like, I think I felt more like I had arrived then. I remembered going, at least as a keyboard player, that's his stamp. And he's, he's, he could get anybody in the world he wants. And he's given me a shot and, and given me the thumbs up. So that was the big takeaway was like, he just got the best out of me. And I learned, I've translated that with other musicians I work with. You know, it's, it's like, tempting to write it all out and make sure you get it the way you think you want it. And that's always good to have when you're producing something, but man, if you've got the right guy there, let them go because you're going to get the, they're going to give you the best stuff yeah. that you could ever get. And you know, Anthony, you might be the only musician. Go ahead. You might be the only musician that's gotten the thumbs up on multiple instruments. I don't know that there's that from Quincy. I mean, how many people look, can be first chair on multiple instruments for him. I don't think there's any other. Do yeah, Steven? I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't maybe. think so either. I think that's a rare... Not. It's not I'll like a at... double going from... It's not like in the saxophone family or like going switching over to clarinet or flute. You went over to keyboards. You invaded. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you how I got there. Um, how, how I got to, to making... To really making a multi-instrumentalist be you know not be a a hack on any of my i wanted to be top liner i wasn't going to do it so i committed myself to the hours but what what the genesis of that was was when i got to the first week i was in indiana university a guy pulls me into a practice room that i just met and he says listen to this this guy was here last year and he plays me a 10 minutes of a saxophone player a bass player, no drummer, and a keyboard player. They're in a practice room. And I guess it was in the, I don't know where he got this tape. And I'm listening to this and I'm going, holy fuck, I'll never attain this level. You know, and I'm not, I'm already listening to Coltrane and Cannonball. In my head, I, I think I'm going to get up there, right? In my head. I hear this and they, they said the guy was, 19 when he played this and it turns out it was michael brecker okay <laughs> now anybody that knows anything about michael brecker oh yeah technically he's taken the saxophone to another level he's argue, pretty inarguably on one level the greatest technician certainly and an amazing musician incredible human being yeah he became a friend of his and i still idolize michael to this day in his playing I thought in my head at that point, I'm 20 years old, and I go, this guy was here last year. 
there's got to be 50 guys at this level or 100 all over the world. Join us for the next episode of Michael Jackson's Thriller album, Stories in the Room, with your hosts, Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. Watch our extended interviews on youtube.com forward slash at stories in the room. Audio only interviews are available on all podcast networks. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at stories in the room. For the latest news and links, visit the website storiesintheroom.com. This podcast is produced by Christian D. Brune and David Wolf, recorded by Autovita Studios. Additional recording by Ben Rackless. Edited by Jay Spang and Sean Hedinger. Music by Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.